0: Hey, ladies and boys and girls, Mel Hibbert here for your Elon Daily this Monday, May 13th. And did you see Game of Thrones last night? Yes, I thought you did. Wasn't it great? Wasn't it terrific? Wasn't it amazing? Or are you one of those people that don't watch Game of Thrones? Are you like I used to be, just like, ah, oh, everybody watches this show. I'm going to be cool. I'm not going to watch it. And then you watch it and you're like, it's so good. Why did I not watch this earlier? Well, you should watch it. It's cool. The first story I got here is from CNBC, and it's about Starlink again. Remember last week we talked about the fact that they're going to put up dozens of Starlink satellites May 14th, I think they said they're going to do this first launch. Well, Elon has been tweeting away and showing a variety of pictures of these Starlink satellites. There's actually going to be 60 in the first rocket that goes up. So it's a pretty tight space. So they've got these all jammed together. Go check out Elon's tweets. They've got them all jammed together, and they're going to fire these things up you know, uh, next week. This week, what am I talking about? Eventually having about 12,000 of these satellites in close Earth orbit providing fast internet access. And as I said, this is really a big deal for people who are in countries and in places that really can't get internet access. It's going to take them a few years to get this entirely up and running. But SpaceX will need six more launches of 60 satellites per launch to get minor coverage is what they're saying a dozen launches or 720 satellites to get moderate coverage and then do have the full coverage with the 12,000 satellites, uh, then they'll, uh, it'll all be good. But that is going to take years. But it's nice to know that, you know, some coverage is going to occur even when they've done just six launches of these 60 satellites. So 360 satellites, they're going to have uh, a reasonable amount. And then after that, six more launches, then it's going to be moderate. I'm not exactly sure what they mean by moderate. They didn't say, but... There's an interesting article here from Teslarati written by – who is it written by? Simon Alvarez again, yes. And it's about you know, the effect that Tesla could have uh, when it comes to sort of critical mass of people being interested in having electric cars and then having that downstream effect on big oil and the, some of the things that they quote here is first of all Tesla has obviously led the way they've accelerated the other car manufacturers that's absolutely true so you know this is why Tesla exists to accelerate renewable energy and renewable transportation and it's working we're seeing all of the big car manufacturers now except still a bit for Toyota but basically all of the car manufacturers now having a plan for electrification some of them are coming out now and some of them in the next year or two with Models that look like, you know, they're going to be pretty compelling. And they note in here that there's a survey by car gurus earlier this year that revealed that 34% of car buyers are open to purchasing an electric car within the next 10 years. And a survey amongst young people in the United Kingdom revealed 50% stating that they want to have electric cars like now. And this is all important because it turns out that the number one source of demand for oil is what? What? That's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is the passenger car. So if you can significantly electrify the passenger car, then you need a lot less oil. And as long as you don't continue to dig that oil up and use it for something else, you can have a tremendous effect on greenhouse gases if, and it's a big if, if what you electrify your cars with is renewable energy, which we can do. We've talked about it. That can happen. And all this could happen very fast. We could get to the concept of peak oil, like we're taking out the most oil out of the earth soon. It could happen within a few years, a decade or two, where we will just see oil production start to crash. And, you know, there's one guy, at his name's JJ Kinhan, TD Ameritrade, who said, you know, we could look at a situation that's very similar to coal. So coal's going along and you're digging up lots of coal and you're burning lots of coal. And then all of a sudden, natural gas renewables start to take over and the industry just collapses. And so this is going to happen to the oil industry. At least we hope this happens to the oil industry, not because we want people to lose their jobs, but because we have to. We must stop using oil. So if you're in the oil industry, what are you going to do? Are you going to start putting money into renewables? Yeah, you should. You should diversify substantially. Of course, what the oil industry has been doing for the last 30 years, Exxon in particular, and we have this documented in multiple different places, instead of starting to deal with this, they basically started their disinformation campaign, and it has been incredibly successful. If you want a podcast on it, there's a podcast called Drilled that you should check out. It's really, really good. And if you want a book on it, and I think I've spoken about this before, Bill McKibben's new book, he's had about 15 books, called Falter takes you through the history of what Exxon were doing and how they were initially, their scientists were saying, this is a problem we need to change over to you know, non-burning of uh, fossil fuels. And initially, it looks like everybody was on board. And then they decided, you know what would be better? A disinformation campaign. We're living in that now. Politicians and individuals who really have no understanding that the science is basically done – and still, you know, don't get it because of what Exxon did. What they did, frankly, is a crime against humanity. It is un-freaking-believable. But don't get me started. So as I say, you don't want to just sort of stop using gas cars. You want to use electric cars. And you want to have the electricity that those cars are running on be, you know, 100% renewable. Well, one of the big EV charging groups here in the United States is EVgo. It operates more than 1,100 DC fast chargers in the US and plans to double that network by the end of 2020. It just announced that it's going to be the first charging network to contract for 100% renewable energy. Not even Tesla does that yet where they want to get, where Tesla wants to get, is to have solar panels and batteries and be 100% renewable. But they're not there yet. They've built out the supercharger network really fast and continue to do so, and that's great. But they are not contracting to use 100% renewables, and they don't have 100% renewables on every single uh, station. In fact, it is that the vast minority. Elon has said that he's going to... You know, buff that out this year and next year and the next few years using solar and batteries and get to the place where it is 100% renewable. But he is not there yet. But EVGO says they're going to do it. They're going to contract out so that all their electrons are from renewables. And I got to tell you, that has an effect on me. I wonder if you have the same effect. But now, if I have a choice of fast charging and EVGO is one of those choices, then I will go to the EVGO fast charger if I can't go to a Tesla charger, because frankly, I'll go to the Tesla charger because it's simpler and easier and faster. But if you're in those other circumstances, getting on the EVgo network makes you feel good inside now that they're contracting. And these can be complicated, but they're contracting to get a 100% renewable energy. I think it's a really important step. And I really hope it accelerates Tesla now to get their network 100% renewable, either by doing it themselves or by doing these kind of interesting contracts where they help build out solar farms, wind farms, renewable farms, so that they can say, in reality, it's not really 100% renewable. Those electrons you can't guarantee are coming from a renewable source. But basically, you go one for one gigawatt hour to gigawatt hour, you're going to produce renewable energy even though you might not exactly be using it in that car at that time from that charger today. But the concept's important. Another big companies are doing this, Google, Amazon, Apple, same kind of thing, putting in a lot of money, uh, developing and help developing renewable energy throughout the world. So then they can say, look, we use 1,000 gigawatts of energy, and we placed 1,000 gigawatts of renewable energy. And so that's how you can say we're 100% renewable. And lastly for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there is a video, go check it out, Uh, do a Google search of a Tesla supposedly on autopilot stopping for a bunny rabbit on the road. It's quite lovely. The bunny rabbit lived. We don't know whether that's true or whether it was really the human driver, but this person says that the car stopped for a bunny that was crossing the road. You see, automation can be good, can be moral, can be lovely. But of course, here is the big moral dilemma. We have to write into these programs uh, certain circumstances. What are they going to do? You have a choice, car. The choice is to kill the bunny rabbit or to kill the human in the car. Now, I like bunny rabbits. I think they're wonderful. But I want the car to choose the death of the bunny over the death of me and my family. But you can imagine that those things get even more complicated. What if there is a group of school children crossing the road and for some reason something terrible has happened and the car has to side? Plough through the schoolchildren or plough the Tesla into a pole and kill everybody inside. These are the ethical dilemmas that, you know, some situations like this are kind of silly and maybe even gross, but they will come up. And so what are we going to do? Should the AI look after the passengers over and above everything else? Or should it be told to make some difficult moral choices? I'll let you think about that. Until tomorrow, Herbert out for Elon Daly, part of your Talking Tesla podcast.